the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today, as we start the week on Study Verse by Verse, we begin with this thought. The late Peter Drucker, educator and author whose writings contributed to the practical foundations of today's modern business, said this, The only thing we know about the future for certain is that it will be different. Only God knows the future. The Apostle John notes that Jesus is God. And he knew all that would happen to him. In fact, he had described what would happen to him earlier in this gospel and in the other gospels as well. So this event was not a surprise to Jesus. That's Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, where he is the senior pastor and our daily teacher here on Study Verse by Verse. And I'm Mike Trout. And the event he just referred to is the encounter in the Garden of Gethsemane found in John 18, which is where we will be on this broadcast today. If you'd like to follow along, that's John chapter 18. We've been in the book of John for a number of months, and if you'd like to review any of the past broadcasts, you can do so by going to our website at highlands.us. That's the website for Church of the Highlands, highlands.us. And now here's Pastor Layton. Jesus left the walled city of Jerusalem to go to a place called the Garden of Gethsemane. He was going to a quiet place in order to give his enemies opportunity to take him. They wanted to take him. They wanted to lay their hands upon him, but they were afraid of the people. So they wouldn't dare lay their hands on him in the temple or the streets of Jerusalem. Remember that in previous incidents, whenever the enemies of the Lord came close to him, he hid himself or removed himself because his hour had not yet come. But now he makes himself wide open to be taken because the hour had come. Verse 2. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. Judas is characterized several times in this gospel, in fact, in all of the gospels, by his betrayal. And John uses here the present participle, which conveys the meaning of who was betraying him in that moment, the moment of the story. And the information that Jesus and his disciples often went to this garden is found only here. Although in the Gospel of Luke, it tells us that Jesus lodged on the Mount of Olives every night during Passion Week. And this probably meant that he and his disciples uh, slept in the open air in this garden. Now, we can immediately see how easily it would have been for Jesus to frustrate the plans of Judas. All he had to do was avoid the Garden of Gethsemane and go someplace else that night. But again, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, knowing that Judas would go there, deliberately placing himself in the hands of his enemies, for his hour had now come. Now there's a gap between verses 1 and 2 that's filled in by the other Gospels. And from them we understand the incredible, unspeakable struggle that Jesus had in the Garden as he struggled between his will and being obedient to the Father's will. 
He experienced such an intense agony that he said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. The Gospel of Mark tells us that Jesus repeatedly fell to the ground and prayed if it is possible that the hour might pass from him. Evidently, his prayer was such agony that he would stand up and then fall again to the ground in prayer. No one has ever known the anguish of prayer that our Lord experienced that evening. Luke, the physician, says that as he prayed all the more earnestly, his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. So great was the agony of his coming death that he actually broke out in a bloody sweat. Verse 3. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. The Gospel of Luke tells us that Jesus said, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? Matthew's Gospel says that a great multitude came with Judas. Now, why would they come with such a multitude? And why with swords and clubs? And by the way, this gospel is the only one of the four gospels who mentions Roman soldiers in connection with the arrest of Jesus. There really is something astonishing to the force which came out to arrest Jesus. The officers is a reference to the temple police. The temple had a sort of a private police force to keep order. But there was also a band of Roman soldiers there. And the word that's used is spear. Now that word can have three meanings. It is the Greek word for a Roman cohort. The cohort had 600 men of regular soldiers. If the soldiers were auxiliary soldiers, then it would reference a thousand men. But sometimes it would be used to describe a detachment called a maniple, which was made up of 200 soldiers. So even if we take this word to mean the smallest force, the maniple, they sent 200 Roman soldiers to arrest one Galilean carpenter and his 11 friends. Now, at Passover time, there would always be extra soldiers in Jerusalem quartered at the Tower of Antonia, which overlooked the temple. But when the authorities decided to arrest Jesus, they, they sent a small army to do it. Now, we might find this extravagant, but Rome had a, an appreciation for the value of overwhelming force. You see, when Rome went to war, it didn't plan to just win. It planned to crush its enemies with legions of trained warriors equipped with the latest technology. And in view of the constant Roman anxiety about outbreaks of violence at these festivals and the shared aim that they had with the religious leaders to maintain order. It wouldn't have taken much for them to be invited to help. Now, lanterns and torches are mentioned only in John's account. The interesting thing is it was a full moon, and they didn't really need lanterns and torches, but Judas and the arresting party wanted to be ready for anything, and it could have been cloudy, and it There were places next to the walls and under the olive trees where Jesus could have hidden if he would have wanted to. And so they wanted to be fully prepared for any possibility. Verse 4, Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to them, Whom do you seek? 
Only God knows the future. The Apostle John notes that Jesus is God. And he knew all that would happen to him. In fact, he had described what would happen to him earlier in this gospel and in the other gospels as well. So this event was not a surprise to Jesus. He had chosen the time and the place for this event to take place. Verse 5, they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. So here... As in verse 2, again, he speaks of Judas in terms of his betrayal. That betrayal had made a deep impression in the minds of early Christians. And although the other Gospels mention a kiss, here John refers only to the fact that Judas was standing with them. Not with the disciples, but with those who came to arrest Jesus. It indicates which side he was on. And, and the reason that he omits any reference to the kiss is that he knew that that was in, in, in the other Gospels, and he wasn't concerned so much to tell us everything that happened, but rather to show us that Jesus was in complete control of the situation. You know, if Jesus had not yielded himself, all of the weapons and all of the men would have been absolutely useless. Jesus said to Peter, as recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, that if he asked, his father would send 12 legions of angels. 12 legions of angels. Sometimes we hear that and it, it, we just don't understand what that means. Well, let me take a moment to unpack it. A legion is 6,000. 12 legions would be 72,000 angels. There's a story found in 2 Kings chapter 19 that tells of one angel in one night killing 185,000 Assyrians. So if we do the math and the results are linear, then 12 legions of angels could kill 13,320,000,000 in one night. That is twice the population of the entire world at present. You see, it was not the soldiers who kept Jesus confined, and it was not the nails that held him to the cross. It was his love for us and his love for the Father as expressed through his obedience. Verse 6, when Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. In response to their question, he identified himself. Their reaction was to fall to the ground. And John represents this as a miracle. They fell down when he said, I am he. Or actually, in the original, more precisely, he said, I am. I am. He had a number of occasions in this gospel previously identified himself as the I am, which his opponents understood and recognized was a claim to being God. And that's why they had endeavored to kill him by claiming to be God. Jesus said, I am. And by the way, this is the last of the recorded miracles in this gospel, the miracles of him calming the sea and healing the sick and raising the dead. But in this, he revealed his deity, and they fell backwards. He revealed to them he was completely in charge. They could not arrest him without his permission. They didn't fall forward as in worship, they fell backward, as in fear and dismay. Now, all of the ancients regarded this as a miracle. 
But there have been some skeptics in recent years who have tried to explain it through some other means, either a natural or psychological event, that perhaps uh, one of the soldiers in front tripped and he fell over and he knocked over the 199 soldiers standing behind him or something like that. The fact is that trained soldiers, Roman soldiers, standing in formation don't go down that easily. Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno applying the common sense that he so often does here on this broadcast. A daily visit from the church called Study Verse by Verse. And you can find us on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. This being Thanksgiving week, there is a special Thanksgiving service on Thursday. It's at 10 a.m. If you'd like to start your Thanksgiving morning, well, maybe join us mid-morning, 10 a.m., then please consider coming by Church of the Highlands. All the details for our campus location and directions are on that website, highlands.us. We're a nonprofit outreach. We do appreciate your prayers and your financial help. If you benefit from this broadcast, you can give safely when you go to that website. Have a blessed rest of your Monday, and come back tomorrow when we'll continue this study in the book of John, verse by verse. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.